It's Labor Day. That's the unofficial end of the summer. Now that it's football season, gentlemen, what is your favorite part of football season? Fall. I love the fall. End of summer. Same answer. Welcome into Jags AM presented by Car Shield. We're here in the Hyundai Studios, our new studios. This is going to be our new home from now on for Jags AM. So we're really excited to kick off the season here and get to talk a little bit of football finally, you guys. I know, I don't know what fall actually means in terms weather-wise here, but I am excited for football to start. Fall shows up in about November. Okay. Here, which is great. You get that uh, that little cool breeze in the morning, but you got two months of summer still which is what Southern football fans like because it's an advantage for them when teams come down from the north. Yeah, once October hits, it's not quite as bad. You'll get a little more fall. And the answer to the top of your question, I had a hard time answering. Football season, fall, except for when you were a kid and it meant the start of school, yeah. what's bad about it? <laughs> right. Nothing. It's the it's best the, time of year. To me, it's always been the default a best season. Maybe because, uh, probably because it's football season. Well, you know, it, it starts on Friday morning around here. There's, there's a, a really intense vibe all the way through. And Friday morning seems to have a little different feel in NFL Friday. And then it continues through high school football, right? Because mm -hmm. I've got one playing and people who love high school football. And then Saturday you've got college. And then Sunday you've got, it's three days of this feeling of football that makes it so much fun. Certainly a turn in the calendar. And we love it, of course, here. Because now we get to finally talk about some actual football games. And yeah. Our, we're going to start with our big things uh, for our first week of the regular season. So the first thing that is our big thing is the hunted. Now that they won the division, they've proven themselves to a certain degree by the way they finished last season. Jaguars are going to be hunted this year. They're not sneaking up on anybody. So, Brian, when you look at the team this year in terms of expectations, or not necessarily that, but just when they go out and face these games and their opponents are ready for them, What's the difference when you face teams that way? Well, there's two guys in particular that I'm looking for, right? Because last year, this team was all about that upstart energy. And, you know, they were all new and together. Uh, but this year, Brandon Scherf on the offensive line and Roy Robertson-Harris on the defensive line, to me, epitomize what you're looking for, which is that mentality of, I'm a badass. You're going to line up against me and I'm going to win, right? And that's the mentality. Whether you're playing the Chiefs in week two or whether you're playing the Ravens or Bengals, you know, on prime time in Jacksonville. You've got to have that mentality when you line up that you are equal to them. And those two guys sort of personify that because no matter who they line up against, they're equal to the task. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Um, and I get that they're the hunted, but my sense is that there's still a little bit of a thought around the league of, are they for real yet? Mm -hmm. And in, in uh, talking to my friend Mike Chappell, who's covered the Colts for 40 years, uh, when he was listing off the top of the Colts schedule, uh, he mentioned Jacksonville, but then as a whole, he said the schedule, if the Colts are okay, they can get through it. Jackson, and Jacksonville sort of still had to prove itself. They went 9-8, and eight, and I think they'll be hunted, but there's still a feeling on this team, and I think it's what will protect them from feeling hunted, they went nine and eight last year, guys. They were one game from not being in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They still have to prove themselves, and I think that'll work to their advantage. Sure, but I do think when, when you pick up an article, right, the, the Athletic this morning has the top 23 most intriguing players, and you've got two of them on there, and the quarterback happens to be listed very highly. Calvin Ridley's there as well. 
I get that they went 9-8 and eight last year, but no one's going to overlook them like some teams probably did. I mean, Dallas came in here last year. They were not thinking they were going to have a fight on their hands. They thought they put up 35 points. They put a little pressure with their top-rated defense on Trevor, and everything would collapse. So I do get it, John. I mean, 9-8 and eight is not world beaters. You haven't won a trophy yet. But this team has enough traction. It's probably the best word, Kai, to describe it. It's got enough traction in the media and thus in the, the football world to make people stand up and take notice of them. We cover this team every day, so obviously we have high expectations. That's our second big thing. Um, just from what we've seen, if everyone stays healthy and they you know, accomplish what we think they can accomplish, what are realistic expectations for this team this year? John, I want to start with you. What's the ceiling for them if they play to their highest capability? Well, if the offense is what it looked like in the first quarter of the third preseason game, which to me felt like an offense that was flexing its muscles. And, you know, it was almost like um, at the start of the Kentucky Derby when the horses are kicking at the gate to get out. It felt like that. If this offense is that high powered, if it's top three, then I, I think AFC championship game, two or three seed, and you're in that group. I think of the Bills the, and the Bengals and the Chiefs as sort of the group in the AFC. If they're what we think they could be offensively, then they're in that group. I don't know how you tell the difference in that group right now. I don't know that I can put them with Patrick Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen on those teams. I can't see the Jags being above that group automatically going to the playoffs, but they should be in it. No, I, w- I would think they're in it. You know, uh, last year the Jaguars had that five-game streak where they were losing games by a field goal or a touchdown at the end of the ball game when they gave up the lead in the final two minutes. So I asked the head coach after the season, did, did you think nine wins was achievable? And he, I'm not going to tell you the number he told me, but he thought more than nine wins was achievable last year. So with an improved roster this year, with a quarterback who's got another year in the system, um, you know, 11, 12 wins seems to be something that you can look at. Now you got to stay healthy, and they stayed healthy last year. Um, I'm with John, and when you look at the best teams, you look at those three teams that he mentioned, and you throw the Eagles in the, uh, in the uh, NFC, and you know, maybe San Francisco out there as well. But I, you know, I think the Jaguars are in that next group of teams that if they have a good year and if the quarterback takes the step, the next year we're talking about them in this, in this way. And it's nice to be at a point where you could maybe say Super Bowl and it's not completely out of the realm of possibility because certainly if you're talking AFC Championship game, anything can happen at that point. And while we like to make fun of some of those lists where Trevor Lawrence doesn't get as much credit as we think he is due, they have been giving him some praise nationally, at least the last couple of months. I feel like people have taken notice and people do expect that jump from him this year as we do as he hits the field. And hopefully we see that in week one against the Colts on the road. Um, Our final big thing this week is our new digs because we want to show you off show off our new studio we finally we're in the miller electric center we have our new home out here john's a little upset we didn't let him wear shorts and flip-flops today i'm not a flip-flop guy but i do have socks because oh. dave Decandis told me to wear socks all right well our and i like here. my seat here because i may or may not have socks on we'll never know anyway we love our new studio we got a lot of new technology in here we're going to be doing film room touch screen a lot of fun stuff we can bring to you here with our new resources so we love our new digs and just wanted to show them off a little bit stay with us coming up we're going to go over the afc south what we have going on in the division and what you can expect there uh, coming up later on jags am presented by car shield
Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars' official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the 2023 season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club to sign up today. We're back here. We're going to talk a little bit about the AFC South because while the Jaguars won the division last year, there are high expectations. And what are they facing off? What are they looking at across the rest of the division? We'll start off with the Colts because that's who they're playing first. And not a great year last year. They're definitely in rebuild mode. We look at their new head coach there. Uh, John, what stands out to you as, as the biggest change for them this year? Well, I think everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, Fair. it's. Uh, Again, I spoke with Mike Chappell, who's been around that team for 40 years. Um, not having Jonathan Taylor uh, in this league right now, a running back um, typically isn't seen as, as the bellwether at most franchises. He's the guy at that franchise. As recently as uh, two or three months ago, they were talking about needing him on the field mm -hmm. to compliment Anthony Richardson That with that mm -hmm. sort of dynamic. And now all of a sudden they don't have that. Uh, they're going into the season with a rookie quarterback. I expect them to challenge the Jaguars on Sunday because week one can be weird. Uh, I don't expect them to be consistent enough all through the season to contend anything close to the division title. But it, it's, it's a franchise um, that oddly seemed very, very close until about midway through last season, and then all of a sudden they sort of fell off the map. Mm -hmm. And now they feel like it's sort of in shambles a little bit, and they're trying to put it back together. Uh, I think it's going to be a long year for them. Oh, it's going to be a really long year for them. I, I, you know, maybe they win five games this year, uh, but to me the biggest issue is that they are completely retooling, John, the way that they play football. This was always a team that was built on the passing game with Peyton and Andrew Luck. And, of course, you know, they tried with Phillip Rivers through Matt Ryan, and they never got it the way that they wanted to get it. Well, now you're radically overhauling because you're going to that Philadelphia style that was so effective with Jalen Hurts in that running game. And of course they had that number one receiver, that guy that they brought in, they traded for for, um, for uh, AJ from, um, from the Titans and it opened everything up. Well, I don't see them having that over the top receiver. They've got a quarterback who never really threw much in college and now he's coming into the NFL. What he does, he, I mean, he does really, really well. It's just not a very, big body of work. So I, I think this is a team in transition this year, and it's probably two, maybe three years away in terms of being completely effective like the Eagles system is. Yeah, I think they're dangerous because uh, this kid, uh, once a half, can do something like this. He can keep it close for sure. Can he do it enough in pressure situations? You would think not being a rookie quarterback. One other thing to note on them is that, you know, last year their offensive line, which I think we would all agree was one of the best in the NFL for a number of years. It really fell off sharply. I mean, even Quentin Nelson, their all-pro left guard, fell off sharply. They've drafted a young tackle. Uh, they're excited about him. Ryan Kelly in the, in the middle of that offensive line, when he's playing well, is one of the best centers in football. They could see more success running the ball if that offensive line is what it was in 2020, 2021, as opposed to what it was in 2022. I know we mentioned that obviously Jonathan Taylor is the big story of him not being there. It's it's going to affect Anthony Richardson a lot because when you don't have that safety valve of, of a very talented running back to help distract a little bit of the attention, all the focus is going to be on the rookie QB. So definitely could be a long year. Now we're going to look at Houston because they've had a lot of changes as well, but I feel like the upside for them is, is huge, right? There's a lot more positive, you know, 
things coming out of that camp. Everybody loves D'Amico Ryans over there. Obviously, they're they're enamored with C.J. Stroud, what they think he can be. And I feel like the vibe, Brian, is is different for them. They were they were in a not great place. I think it's a little bit more well, positive. Well, you know, one thing that they did, John, was they went out and they spent a ton of money, kind of like the Jaguars did, uh, but on mid-level guys, just guys that would allow them to line up and compete. Uh, they still lack that that explosiveness down the field that Brandon Cooks gave them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the young running back from uh, from Florida last year who had, what, four or five hundred-yard games um, is a guy that I think they have a lot of upside for. It's just you've got a rookie quarterback and a, and a defensive-minded head coach who doesn't have the players that he had in San Francisco. Um, here's the one thing they do have. They have lots of draft capital and lots of cap room. So if Stroud can play, they can turn this thing around quickly because unlike Richardson, he threw the ball all over the field at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Remember all the great receivers that he had mm-hmm. in Columbus. So if they can get that defense going and find a couple of guys in free agency in the draft, it shouldn't take them long. They, uh, it's interesting, this division right now has two teams in very similar uh, spots when you've sort of torn it down and now you have it, rookie quarterbacks who are going to start. Uh, I think the phrase you would use is, both of these franchises, the problem with the Colts for years, obviously, they were sort of piecemeal in the quarterback position trying to get there that year. Well, now they at least have hope yeah. for the future. If this kid's okay, then you've got a Trevor Lawrence situation, you know, it, um, or, or a Josh Allen situation, any of those guys. Same story with the Texans. So you would think the Jaguars have a little window, Jaguars and Titans, I would, uh, where they're going to be the two teams in the division. Uh, that window doesn't all always last. This time last year, teams thought they had a long window waiting for the Jaguars, and then all of a sudden the Jaguars took it. So it's yeah. not guaranteed, but those two situations should give the Jaguars and Titans a window where it's just each other. Well, and both of those franchises are willing to be patient, right? Because mm-hmm. both of them weren't in recent years. Now they're all in on the rebuild, and they understand that sometimes in the NFL, being patient and accepting where you are puts you in a position to improve dramatically in the draft, right? You're, if you're picking in the top 10 of the draft the next two years, these two teams have a chance to really restock. It'll be interesting to see how patient the Colts stay, though, because uh, since Jim's been the owner there, they have not had to be patient. Yeah. They got Peyton, and in the next year, they were good. They got Andrew Luck the next year, they were good. He's not that known to be patient, so it'll be... It'll be interesting to see how they play that out. I think the Texans will be patient. But that's such a huge decision to take Anthony Richardson because we all know, we do, especially because we saw him in Gainesville, we all know that Mm -hmm. he's going to take time. He is a legitimate project. Peyton wasn't that much of a project, and neither was Andrew Luck. So you just wonder if you're making that institutional decision if the owner doesn't know that he has to be. But you know him better than most. And as we have seen here, once you have the quarterback or what you think will be the future of your franchise, you can rebuild around them very quickly, as we've seen the Jaguars do in the last two seasons. Doug Peterson. All right, let's check out the Titans because that's going to be the real threat within the division, obviously. So they were 7-10 and 10 last year. They did not finish very well. The Jaguars finished very well and ended up winning the division. Mike Vrabel's been around for this will be his sixth season. So he's had tons of success since he's been there. DeAndre Hopkins is added to that offense. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry is amazing, as always. Uh, what is it going to be for them? Is it just staying healthy? Um, John, what are you looking at in terms of them being successful this well, year? Well, I think they're dangerous because they know exactly what they are and who they want to be, and they know how Mike Rabel wants them to play. Mm-hmm. So when you have that and you've got some experienced guys, meaning you have Derrick Henry that you know that's – that that's your guy. 
Um, I anticipate the last three weeks of the season the Jaguars and Titans will be close enough to each other where this team's going to be a factor. There's a lot of fans, I think a lot of Jaguars fans saw the Titans lose, what, seven in a row at the end of last year and think, well, the Jags are going to run away from the division. I don't think they're running away from the Titans. I think this team knows how to play to what it is, and I think they're dangerous. I think, they'll, I think the two teams will uh, split this year, and it's going to be interesting going into the second half of the season. I'm not as high on them uh, because I think they realize they're at the end of the run Tannehill and Henry are both still there. Um, DeAndre Hopkins feels to me like that receiver. You know, everyone grabs one. We it, we grabbed Torrey Holt here in the you know 2008 and bring him in. Oh, we got Torrey Holt. Here we go. Right? It's going to change everything. Um, their offensive line is being entirely rebuilt. You saw they brought in Andre Dillard, who was a bust in Philadelphia. Their defense is very talented. That was their downfall last year. All those guys got hurt, and the offense couldn't score enough points to overcome a defense that couldn't keep other teams out of the end zone. But I just, they feel like a team to me that's holding on, and it's because of Tannehill and because of Derrick Henry. And you know, Derrick Henry, at some moment, he's just, and it may even be now, he's not the same Derrick Henry, right? Where he can just take over a game and just run the roost. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. It just seems to me like this is a team, I do think that they are going to be dangerous, but I am not as convinced Here's what I do like about them. I think Mike Vrabel is a tremendous coach. You saw his record, 50 and 37, and he's got a couple of AFC South titles to his uh, to his name, so they can get something done. I just they seem to me to be like that team, like the Colts, the last couple of years, mm-hmm. unwilling to just move on. They're definitely going to work with what they have there, and as we mentioned, Vrabel finds a way usually. So we'll see what he rolls out this season and see how things fare. Uh, coming up, we're going to do some hot takes for Week One and for this season. So stay with us. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. Welcome back into Jags AM here in the Hyundai studios. And we're doing hot takes because why not? Week yep. one, you know, less than a week away. So now that we're finally talking football, Brian, you got a, a wider take. Let him spring. Let's, let's swing, right? Yes, Sorry hot take. You. Bring it to us. I just couldn't wait to go. Okay. Uh, Jags go undefeated in the division, which they've never done. And here's why I say that. I think they're too much for the uh, the Colts and the Texans. A high-powered offense, like John talked about against Miami. I think these guys are going to put up a lot of points, and I just don't know with rookie quarterbacks that you're going to be able to overcome the points the Jaguars are going to score. I think the Jaguars beat the Titans here in November, and then it all comes down to the final Saturday night or Sunday. That game has not been officially scheduled yet. And I think the Jaguars overcome and... Uh, and beat the uh, the Titans and take their second consecutive division crown. It'll be the first time since the 98-99 seasons that they've won back-to-back division titles. And I think they do that this year with a dramatic win in Nashville to go 6-0 in the division. And we're talking, by the way, about a team, the Jaguars, who've never posted very good records in the AFC South, mm-hmm. right? They did in 2007, 2017, and 2022. I think this year they post the best record possible in the AFC South. Yeah, that would be impressive because it's hard to win six division games even if you're really, really good because your division opponents know you so well. Um, And just think about, you know, as as much as teams may think the Jaguars are favored this weekend, uh, all of a sudden you're going up there a second time when you play them. It's just hard. So if they do that, Brian, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. She asked me for a hot take, not a mild take, so I figured I'd swing for it. Super Bowl is a great hot take. But here's what I think. I think, John, 
that it, it's going to come down to the Titans and the Jaguars, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, if the Jaguars don't beat them here in November, well, then that take is out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it all comes down to that, that final Sunday of the, or Saturday night, of the regular season, which is kind of what we've been seeing that the league try to do with yeah. the Jaguars and Titans recently. So at least it'll be fun and some drama to see if they can get there. Very good. John, your hot takes a little more specific to our game yeah. on Sunday. And I don't know if mine's hot. It's maybe it's mild. Maybe there's some heat. Got a little in it. lukewarm today. Um, but <laughs> I think this game, uh, it, it's been amazing how this fan base, uh, after years of feeling sort of like the underdog, yeah. all of a sudden it's flexing its muscles. And boy, we should, it, it, many fans are just looking past the Colts. And, it, and they're actually asking me, are you worried that they'll look past the Colts to the Chiefs? I don't think a team that made the playoffs last year in the last three minutes of the season and we're nine and eight is gonna overlook anybody. Uh, this game, I, it'll be decided in the last five minutes not necessarily because the Jaguars are bad or the Colts are good, but because week one is so weird. It and weird. you see the weirdest scores. Uh, sometimes it, it results in a blowout if a team's just not ready. I think what you're going to see is Anthony Richardson have a couple of weird plays that go for touchdowns. Uh, I, I think it'll be a fight into the last. And I think the Jaguars will win it at the end. But I, I think I'll be getting a lot of emails on Monday, guys, of what's wrong with the Jags? They're 1-0. and Well, you know, okay. Take one and zero out of this game because if you win Week One, Ryan, right. take that and go home because it's such a weird week. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, the one thing I'll say, except is, well, okay, except this. <laughs> no, you know, you and I have talked for years about the Jaguars, and when you looked at the Jaguars roster, you know, from an objective third-party perspective, right? Who really did you worry about? Who made you work harder on Wednesday and Thursday and sleep a little less secure on Saturday night? And there really, there wasn't anyone, right? right? Jaguars didn't have that. Well, now they've got players all over the roster that you have to worry about. But here's my question. Who is it in Indianapolis that you're staying awake? Probably only the quarterback. And, and, and if they had had Jonathan Taylor, you've got two. It's a much different dynamic. DeForest Buckner, but he's an interior defensive lineman, right? Uh, he's the only other guy. They, they just don't have it. And I'll, and I'll say, as I went through my exercise of hot take, there's nobody really in Houston that makes you do the same thing. You know, J.J. Watt isn't there anywhere. Uh, uh, Whitney Merciless isn't there anymore. Um, the Colts just don't have those 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 players that make you do that. And now, Richardson may give you that in time, but I just don't see it yet. My hot takes for week one as well, because I'm expecting our defense to do a little bit of something that we're hoping is a trend for the rest of the season. I think they will sack Anthony Richardson on Sunday. I think they'll probably get more than one, and that's based off I know that Anthony Richardson is elusive. I know that he can do some crazy things and get his way out of certain things. We've seen that in the preseason already, but you don't have Jonathan Taylor out there. You don't have anybody to bail you out. And I think being a rookie quarterback in the NFL, we overlook it maybe because of what Trevor, you know, Trevor had his growing pains as well, but like, it's not easy. This is a huge transition for him and what we're actually going to see out there. As we mentioned, John, week one's a little weird, but Anthony Richardson's in for a big dose of reality check, I think, when week one starts. Oh, I think they'll get a couple of sacks. I think they'll get them late because I, th- I do think by the last drive, the Jaguars will have the lead and Anthony Richardson will be going against a defense that knows he's coming. Mm. I think they'll get a couple of sacks to end it, uh, but I think he'll be dangerous early. Um, well, yeah, the, the, the size-speed ratio with that guy. Jack Del Rio always used to talk about Ben Roethlisberger and say his accuracy his passing completion percentage went up on plays where you hit him. 
And this guy looks to be someone who can stand in the pocket. He's 6'4", 250, and, and maybe as muscular quarterback as we've seen since, uh, since Cam Newton, right? Big, strong guy who'll stand in the pocket. It's early in his career. He's obviously going to get a little bit flushed. Uh, he's going to see jerseys across his face and just decide it's time to run. So I'm interested to see, you know, how long it takes him to stand in the pocket because he can do it. We'll definitely see some flashes, but excited to see him in game action on Sunday as Jags head to Indianapolis. All right, stay with us. Coming up, we'll preview what we've got coming up the rest of the week. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. So we want to preview the week a little bit because now that it's week one, we are back in action. We have our full shows. We'll be here on the new set for Jags AM on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll be previewing that matchup against the Colts. And then we have our full slate of shows as well. Brian, what are you working on? This uh, Jags Wired obviously comes up on Wednesday night. Excited to you know kind of recap the preseason and get everyone focused forward. Mm -hmm. uh, really, I mean, it's the energy level around the first week is a lot of fun because you get in the locker room for the first time now, get guys in their own setting, John. Um, Get to talk to as many guys as you can, and I'm, I'm excited about the regular season starting. Week one's great. Uh, yeah. All of the Ozone podcasts, it'll, be, it'll be either be Christian Kirk or Zay Jones, not sure yet. Mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to that as always. Very good. Uh, we have All Access on Thursday. That's going to be on Fox, and that Evan Ingram is our guest this week, so you definitely want to check that out. And, of course, Jaguars weekend will be out on Sunday on Fox as well. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back on Wednesday for Jags AM.